You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. They say that we are our own worst enemies, and isn't that the truth? No one is harder on ourselves than we are, and you are going to love today's conversation if that is you. You are listening to the 100 Huntley Street Podcast. I am your host for today, Cheryl Weber. So glad that you joined us, and I think this discussion is something that everybody needs. I'm telling you, if you have ever thought to yourself that you speak to yourself in a terrible way, Billy says she was her own worst bully. So, you know, we're all afraid of bullies, but sometimes we can be the meanest to ourselves. How about imposter syndrome, where you feel like people are going to realize you don't actually know what you're doing? Isn't that all of us? Uh, fear and anxiety and sleeplessness and all those kinds of things. Well, she's written about this in her book, Distraction Detox, and she says that she was um, experiencing a form of of spiritual jet lag, essentially. You know, she's the wife of a major league baseball coach. And Billy Jouse, um, you know, says it wasn't just physical, it was spiritual. And I don't know about you, but there's different seasons in your walk with God and your spiritual life where you feel like uh, maybe you're just a little bit far away from God. Sometimes we don't even know why that's happening. Uh, other times we know why it's happening. It can be, you know, anger at God, um, a lack of understanding about what's happening in our lives. Maybe we're full of fear. Maybe there's someone else we're mad at and we're holding unforgiveness, or maybe there's this sin that we just keep getting tripped up with that we can't get rid of. Well, today we're going to be talking about how we can detox from some of the things, especially our thoughts that are tormenting us, and then how we can have a plan of action for the future to get better. And I don't think that we should ever be hard on ourselves for those seasons. We all go through times where we sometimes we don't even know what's going on with us. And part of this detox idea uh, is that you start to just identify what's really happening in my heart. And you know, when we're running all the time, and this is our culture, and it seems like a good thing, lots of times we're doing good things. But if we're not taking that time to slow down and say, God, what's actually happening in my heart? How am I actually feeling? You know, we can be doing things for God, but we don't actually know Him. I often think, you know, in the Bible, it talks about um, this time where God is separating the sheep from the goats and the, the goats are saying, but you, you can't separate me away from you. Like I, like, I did all these things for you. And he says, yeah, but I don't know you. You know, and that's the scariest thing to me is that in the midst of doing things for God, I actually don't know God and I'm not walking in close friendship with him. And so today we're going to do a little heart checkup and see where, how we're doing in our walk with God. And so I hope you come with me and just uh, take that time and really just ask God, what's going on with me? And, and how can we make life just a little bit better? Okay, I'm going to be back in just a moment with that interview. And my guest today found herself exhausted from constantly traveling with her husband, who was a major league baseball coach. The jet lag was brutal, but eventually she realized that spiritual jet lag was actually a greater problem. To explain, I'm joined by author and podcaster, Billy Jost. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now you have lived an unusual life. <laughs> a lot yes. of traveling, a lot of plane rides, a lot of different time zones. Tell me what life was like with your husband and three boys. Yeah, it was crazy. It's been, uh, we've been in professional baseball for 36 years now. So we started out without kids, had kids through it, moved all over. We've lived in 15 different cities and towns in the US, mm. the Dominican Republic and Venezuela. So we've been in a lot of different areas, all with baseball. We've been very blessed to be able to do that. but. 
grow, you know, raising kids in baseball is a hard life and trying to keep up with all the schedules and all the things has been challenging at times, but such a blessing because we look at baseball as our mission field. This is where God's put us and this is where we're going to serve him. Oh, I love that. And I think a lot of people probably think it's a lot more glamorous than it actually is. But tell me about why you said spiritual jet lag was the bigger problem. Yeah, I found myself at a time that I was really discouraged. I was full of doubt. I kept feeling like I was in a place that God didn't desire me to be mentally. And I looked at it in that comparison of jet lag. You know, when you land in a place and you've been on the plane all night, a red eye, and you wake up and you're in a fog and you hear the city you're in and you're like, why am I in this city? There's that, you know, a little bit of lethargy. I can't get the word. You're lethargic. You're confused a little bit. And that's the way we find ourselves when we are in a place spiritually that God doesn't desire us to be, mm. where we're full of doubt, where we have fears, where we're just finding ourselves in a place that's a little foggy and a little distant from where God is. I know a lot of people can relate to that. Busyness can do that. So you thought, yes. if I simplify things, it's going to make it all better, but it actually didn't. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, I went through, actually my first book was Making Room, Doing Less So God Can Do More. And I thought, I'm gonna get my schedule under control. This was after my kids were going off to college and I had time on my hands. And I'm like, I'm gonna get the busyness of life settled down. But I started stuffing my schedule. I started doing all these things. And I thought, if I can simplify my life and take out that busyness, those external distractions, then I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna have time to spend with God and I'm gonna do that. And I'm gonna to listen to Him wholeheartedly. And I found myself not doing that. And I was confused. It was that time of confusion, that spiritual jet lag in that moment that I knew wasn't coming from the external distractions, but was more so coming from the internal distractions that I was experiencing. Yeah, and I like, I like what you say. So you wrote about this in your book, Distraction Detox, this is your second book. And I think um, you realize you're keeping God at a distance. And I don't think that's unusual. I think sometimes we are busy or we get busy even doing things for God so that we don't actually have to talk to God. Yeah. So what was, what was the barriers? What was in the way? Yeah, when I started thinking about what I was thinking about, that scared me. And um, in that moment of listing, I'm a list maker. So I was listing all those things that I was thinking about that was negative thoughts. What are those negative? I called them emotional toxins because they're poison to us. When we start finding ourselves in such a negative place, those are toxins. And when I made that list, I realized I was my biggest bully. Mm. There is no one on earth that I would speak to the way I speak to myself. And there's no one on earth that speaks to me that way. Not that I haven't had people speak negatively to me or say hurtful things, but the thoughts that I was having of I'm not good enough, how can God love me? How can God use me when I'm a terrible human? I'm a bad wife, I'm a bad mom. All those things, I realized I was my biggest bully and I needed to take control of that. Yeah, and that's really a process. It's not like one day you just say, and I, you know, I have to say, like speaking negatively to yourself is I think common to humankind. Yeah. Seems to be even worse with women because there's such high, expectations on how we look and how we're a mom and, and maybe men feel it the same but I just feel like women sometimes are even harder on ourselves 
what, what was the process as you started to go, okay, I need to detox from this negativity about myself? Yeah, I really sat down and once I had that list and it terrified me that that was actually the way that I was thinking about myself and talking to myself, that's when I knew I had to dig into them. Why do I think this way? And when I first started the process for myself, because I never write a book that I have not gone through this process, when I started it for myself, because it terrified me when I looked at some of the things I was thinking about myself, I wanted to know why. I, I ask a lot of questions. Even when I hear people's stories, I ask a lot of questions. So I started digging into why am I thinking this? So that's when I went into evaluating those toxins. Where did they come from? Sometimes I could dig up that someone said something to me or I had had this experience and I started believing that way. Some were deeper than that and you know I, I needed to really dig them up. And I always say, if they're too deep to take care of yourself, getting therapy, going to a counselor is so important because sometimes we can't handle all of these emotions on our own. But once I started evaluating the toxins and realizing where they were based, what, how they were making me feel. Like one of the chapters in, in the book is feeling the feels. Like I needed to know how they made me feel. What was I getting out of them? Because you always, if you're holding on to something so tightly, you're benefiting from it in one way or another. Mm. And so when I went through that and I realized all of it, I didn't want to stay there. And like you said earlier, these are very common things to think negative thoughts. What I did was I started this process in how am I going to take care of these thoughts immediately when they come in my mind so that they don't spiral down to where God never intended me to be. And so that's where I, I started with determining those distractions and then evaluating them. Yeah, and I think I want to mention one of the thoughts that you struggle with because I think this is very common. I'm sure it's so common in, in the baseball world. But I think in every world, this imposter syndrome idea, like, oh, so at some point people are going to realize I don't know what I'm doing or I'm not good enough or I'm not one of them. I don't fit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's funny because when I first started being a television producer, I had that. And then I saw an actor, like a famous actor be interviewed and saying the same things. And I realized, oh, my gosh, this is how everybody feels. Yeah. We all feel like we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And that isn't just in positions like yours or in baseball. It says a mom. Sometimes we look up and we go, oh my gosh, somebody's gonna come and tell me I'm a terrible mother. Somebody's gonna tell me I should never have been a mom. You know, whatever it is that we're struggling with, imposter syndrome is basically just, we're walking out a walk that we're not supposed to be walking out. And that's not true because if we're walking out a walk that God's called us into, he wants us to be there. And even if someone says something negative to you, it doesn't mean that it's all a lie and it's all false. It just means that that one person is having an issue with it. And if we're truly walking where God is asking us to walk, we can't be imposters in that because we've been given that calling by him. And not only that, but there's an aspect of following God where he likes to put you in over your head. Yes. The whole point of it is, as soon as we feel like we know what we're doing, we're not depending on him anymore. And then he's starting to scheme, okay, how can I get that her back into a position, him right. or her, where they feel like they don't know what they're doing and they're going to be crying out to me for my strength, my power, my wisdom, everything that they need, right? Yeah. I mean, is Absolutely. that not how he is? Absolutely. God's going to push us to the edge of our comfort zone, which my edge is here and he pushes me here. So he pushes me much farther. And he push, I think he pushes all of us much farther. And in the, I didn't start writing until my children were out of the home. 
And my first comment was, Lord, how can I write? When I felt that the Lord was putting writing on my heart, it, He was really pushing me in that direction. I was like, how can I write? I grew up in a town that the education wasn't that great. My accent was very strong and harsh. I don't know that I can write the words that you want me to write. And the Lord kept pushing me farther and farther. And the thing was that He pushed me, but I also took that next one step that He was calling me into. And that's when within this distraction detox, when I started terminating those toxins, and in the book I talk about deceptions versus truth. What's the lie? What's the deception? And then what does God's truth tell us about that deception? Mm -hmm. And when I started living each day with the thought of the truth, even when that deception came up, I would grab a hold of it right away and not just take hold of it, but release it because I can move forward in the truth of what God was telling me. So you're actually writing a list. Like you actually sat down and said, okay, I'm, I think this, but this is what the Bible says. Yes. So it's a bit of homework. Like you actually have to be intentional about this. Yeah, you have to be intentional. And I don't think, I call it being a potato chip Christian where you sit on the couch with a bag of chips and you're like, okay, Lord, what do you wanna do in and through my life today as you eat the chips? You gotta pick the bag up and take it with you to take those steps where he's calling you. So you're not just sitting on the couch, you're actually taking risk, you're stepping out. And in that risk, I wrote that list down of what I was thinking. And the risk was to leave it behind and to replace it with that truth. And I carried that truth with me everywhere, be it a sticky note on my mirror or on my fridge or in my purse, I have a notebook. And it's just a top loading index card notebook that I write the scriptures in. And whatever thought it is, because we could only really tackle one negative thought at a time. Right. Whatever that negative thought is, whatever that negativity that I'm trying to leave behind is, I take that scripture with me everywhere I go. So that when that thought comes up before I memorize that scripture, I have it at the ready. Okay, I had that thought. Let me read that scripture. Okay, Lord, you've not given me a spirit of fear. You know, we can move forward in His Word and leave that negativity behind. Okay, so you really put this discipline into your, yes. into your life of studying and having those scriptures ready for those thoughts. What difference did it make and how long did it take to start making a difference? You know, I saw an immediate difference because in my discipline, I saw an immediate difference that I had something to go to because I had that scripture written down. I saw the difference that I was able to take that thought immediately. Now, it may spiral a little bit. I may start making up the story in my head of why that's true, but then I'm, I thought immediately, no, I have that scripture. I either run to the fridge or the, or the mirror or the TV I had it on or my computer at home, and I read that scripture. I pull it out of my purse if I'm out and about, and I read that scripture. So in the time, it, it really, we had a tragedy in my family in July of 2020. My sister and brother-in-law died in a house fire. And I had been working on this process for myself for about three or four months. And I can say that as I was pulling off that highway and I tell the story in the book, which was not intended, I was not intending to tell the story in the book, but the Lord had me rewrite that chapter about four times before I got to this story to write about the story. Mm. But when I was pulling off the highway onto my little country road in North Carolina, where my sister's house had burned, I stopped. I didn't think I could do it. And I told the Lord all the reasons why I could not do it. And He brought up 2 Timothy 1, 7, for I've not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And in that moment, I had to have self-control. And in that moment, I knew 
that this process that I had been pushing myself through in the discipline of doing the work and the hard work that in this moment, this is what worked in my life to bring me peace and comfort in a time that I had no idea I could find peace and comfort. And I drove onto that property and saw my nephews that were there and was able to point them to Jesus because I wasn't spiraling in the negative thinking of all that had happened in that trauma, that I was taking hold of God's word and I was able to point people that were in despair. We were all in despair, but those that were falling deeper and deeper in despair, I was able to point them back to Jesus. Mm. And only by already being in that process was I able to stand firm on God's word wow. during that terrible time in our family. It's like God knew it was coming and he was giving you the skills in advance. Me. You know, one of the things I love in that chapter that you share is that many times those situations in our lives that are breaking our hearts are also shaking our faith. And we have questions yeah. like, why did you let that happen to my sister? And why did she have to die? Why couldn't she have got out? Um, but you say that part of having intimacy with God is rather than letting that build up that wall again, it's actually sitting in the doubts with Him. Absolutely. How did you do that? You know, you, I think God, my conversations with the Lord during prayer time are so, sort of like, dude, really? Like you really let that happen? <laughs> I have this personal conversation and I stand in awe of Him. He is my Savior. But I feel like God wants us to feel comfortable with Him, to be able to doubt to be able to be fearful, but not stay there. He never wants us to stay there. And we can question him. Why did you let this happen? Why did you leave me alone? Why did you put me in this place? Why the tragedy that it was? Couldn't it be something different? And I had those conversations with him. And I think that's what we have to do in trusting that God knows best, that God has us where he desires us to be and He's gonna be with us through it. You know, it's like footprints in the sand. When we need God, He's beside us. But when we really need God, He picks us up and carries us. But we have to be ready for that. We have to be in that place of loving Him and understanding Him, knowing who He is and who He desires us to be, to be able to get through such hard times relying on Him and His Word. You know, even Jesus on the cross said, why have you forsaken me? Absolutely. That's that father, son, mm -hmm. intimacy, friendship, honesty. Um, you know, you go through all the toxins that we have to get rid of, but then you say we need a spiritual health plan. So tell me yeah. about that. The spiritual health plan is outlining a plan for how you're gonna tackle these negative thoughts. We go through that, determining the toxin, evaluating the toxin and terminating it. How are you gonna do this one by one? How are you gonna walk out this spiritual health plan? Because if we're not spiritually healthy, we're not healthy at all. Mm -hmm. We really can, it can take a toll on our physical health. It can take a toll on our emotional health. It can take a toll on our relationships in our connections with others. And in that spiritual health plan, it's just walking through the steps of what are we gonna do next? You know, God loves us walking in the small steps with Him. Mm -hmm. He rejoices in the small steps that we take. So making a plan, because I believe that if we're trying to accomplish something and we just have a wall that we're throwing stuff at, oh, I'm gonna try to do that, try to do that. We never truly hit that target mm -hmm. because we need a target to be able to hit. And that's what the spiritual health plan is. It's a target. What is it that we're working on with God and where are we going in that? 
And I love what you say too. It's not like, um, hey, God, I'm making this plan. No. Please bless it. No. There's a difference, right? No. This is like, what is your plan? That's it. Because as we release these toxins, we're able to hear God better. We're able to hear where it is He desires us to go. We're able to trust Him more because we're releasing these toxins. We're relying on His Word. So we're able to hear what He says, trust in where He's calling us, and go where He's asking us to go. So good. You know, this is a lot of hard um, soul work that a lot of us will do anything rather than do, right, to avoid it. Uh, you end the book with, I can't, you can, and I am here. So what is that? Yeah, I, you know, I'm a very visual person. And when I was going through this, I knew that I had to submit to God in every step of everything I did. And so I, I went through this, God, I can't do it but I know that you can, and here I am. Submitting to where it is that He desires us to be in God's best, not always our best. We may think that we have a goal and we wanna hit that target, but God goes, no, I'm gonna take you in this direction. I thought when my kids were out of the house, I'd be a speaker and I'd be on some speaking circuit and, because I'd been speaking for years. And God's like, no, you're gonna write. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to write. <laughs> so he took all the speaking away to take me in the direction of writing. And I began to write. So it's really a submission of, okay, God, you're calling me into this, whatever it may be. It could be motherhood. It could be marriage. It could be a new job, a new, a new place that you're moving to. It could be anything that has changed in our life. And we just have to say, God, I can't do this, but I know you can, mm. and I'm here. And I love that because you can't take that trusting posture until you remove all the lies about yourself, about Him, all the things that are creating a barrier and that spiritual jet lag. Such a great process and it brings you to such a beautiful place. Thank you so much for sharing. People are going to have to get the book yes. to read the rest. To try Distraction Detox by Billy Jouse. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Okay, there was so much good stuff in that interview, replacing our negative thoughts with what the Bible says and actually having that handy, knowing that we are going to be assaulted with negativity and these terrible thoughts and having those Bible verses right at our fingertips so that we can say, no, you know, I am created by Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I am not, I don't have a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Different verses that we're saying to ourselves and we're building ourselves up and we're, you know, really engaged in a war for our minds. I see that every day, uh, that just that assault of worry or fear or those kind, even critical thoughts, you know, thinking like, I don't want to think that about somebody. Where did that come from? That's terrible. Uh, we have to be on top of it all the time because the enemy is looking to get in there and find a foothold. But how amazing, what I loved about that interview is that she said when she started doing this, she saw a difference right away. I thought, I honestly thought she was going to say, you know, yeah, it took, you know, a couple months or a couple weeks at the very least, but she's like right away, as soon as I started doing it, man, the word of God is so powerful and truth is powerful. When we're believing a lie, you know, that truth can just break it right down. 
So I just want to, I hope that you took so much away from that and that that is going to be making a difference for you. And I want to make, remind you of our prayer lines. You know, if there's something that popped up and you realize, hmm, you know, I do need, I have some stuff I need to detox from, man, I would love somebody to pray with me to get me started on this journey. Oh, we would love to be those people. We would love to pray with you. So make sure you write this down. This number is good day or night, weekend, holidays, you name it. There's going to be someone there to answer that call and pray with you about whatever you're going through 1-866-273-4444. You can also email us at prayer at crossroads.ca. Uh, you can go to crossroads.ca and chat with our awesome digital pastor who has so much wisdom to share. I mean, really the thing is, we don't have to do this life alone and we need each other. That's why we want to make sure that we're there with you in the trenches and help you live your best life and have that plan you know, to move forward spiritually, as she talks about, so that we can make sure that we're strong and that we're not shaken by life's circumstances. So I just want to say a quick prayer for you as we go here. And uh, thanks so much for joining us, Lord. I just pray for everybody within the sound of my voice. I just ask, Lord, that you just fill them up with your love today. God, that they would, that all those negative thoughts would be silenced and that they would have the mind of Christ, Lord, and they would have thoughts about how much you love them and how um, you created them so specifically to be just unique and amazing and how you want to use them, God, and you have plans for their lives. Lord, I pray for creative ideas. I pray for the clarity to hear your voice, that your voice would be the strongest voice and would drown out every other voice, even people who have put them down or hurt them, God, that your voice would be stronger. And no more will we listen to the voice of negativity or the voice of criticism or the voice of failure. Lord, I pray those voices would be silenced. And I ask for your encouragement for everybody listening today in the name of Jesus. Well, you've been listening to the 100 Huntley Street Podcast with Cheryl Weber. Thanks so much for joining us and have a fabulous rest of your day. Thank you for your ongoing support of Crossroads a supporter-funded nonprofit organization and member of the Canadian Centre of Christian Charities. Thanks to faithful people like you, we are able to continue producing 100 Huntley Street. You can write to Crossroads, P.O. Box 5100, Burlington, Ontario, L7R4M2, or visit crossroads.ca to learn more about our programs.